Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 20. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. So here at the Game Deflators podcast, each week we like to talk about things that we recently picked up, games that we're currently playing, and as always, the ever-loved Inflation Deflation Challenge whiskey. and Whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah, I would say that's a little more love than the Inflation Deflation. Tonight, Maker's Mark. Hashtag that, not a sponsor. Hashtag could be a sponsor. Exactly. So... Yeah, uh, we're talking about. Uh, do we do we already say the name of the game we're playing tonight? Mm. I think last week. Yeah, so last week we uh, made the announcement after talking about Alien Three, and you had said something about licensed titles or things after movies, and I'm like, oh look, a licensed thing after cartoons and oh yeah 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 all that. So Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, the Avengers of Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends. Yeah, exactly. The Sega Genesis. So we'll and get to that. In the Inflation Deflation Challenge today. And of course, if you didn't hear last week's Inflation Deflation, we did play Alien 3 on the Sega Genesis. We were actually pretty impressed with that game. Yeah. Go ahead and listen back to episode 19 yeah, and check it see out. what you think. Oh, by the way, happy episode 20. Yeah, 15 with you and I, 5 with James, and uh, yeah, we've hit 20 episodes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it feels good. I mean, you know, it's 20 episodes in and... Uh, it really does feel like some kind of like accomplishment or something. I don't know. It's just a nice round number and it makes me feel good. The scary thing is uh, where our audio quality was during our test episodes to where it is currently. Pretty damn good, man. Yeah. I'd say uh, I'd say we've done a pretty good job on the actual recording of these episodes. Um, well, dude, uh, let's go ahead and talk about our recent pickups. So I picked up a copy of The Adventures of Cookie and Cream on PS2. The only reason I picked up this game is because it's by From Software, who does Dark Souls and Sekiro uh, Shadows Die Twice and a number of other games that we have uh, grown to love. And uh, it was mainly because I just saw a video recently. It showed like all of their games that they've developed over the last like decade. And that was one of the games on the list. I'm like, you know what? This is one of those videos that's going to go viral, and I'm going to see this $10 game start skyrocketing in price for some stupid-ass reason, so I went ahead and picked it up. Um, from what I know... Cornering the market. Yeah, exactly. I'm cornering this the market. one copy John has, it's the only one out there. You're never going to find it. Exactly. Except for $10 right now, act fast. Well, I think 11 I actually got it for less. Oh, so. See, it's already gone up a dollar since so, John said that. Funny thing was, man, I actually got it for like three bucks because I randomly had $8 in eBay bucks for some strange reason. I didn't realize I've spent that much money on eBay in the last year. So I e had bucks. E bucks. E bucks. So um, either way, it's like a side scrolling action adventure game. And there's some like time trial portions to it as well. And you can play two players. So I think we should play it at some point. Maybe next week we can play Adventures of Cookie and Cream and see if it's worth the. $11 or whatever it's currently going for. And I think it's got like a 78 out of 100 uh, Metacritic rating. So honestly, it's uh, it's pretty well received overall. And uh, James was actually telling me about it a while back. Um, and for those uh, that may not have heard last week, our partner in crime, James, just recently moved out to our area. So he's pretty much gone cross country to, to hang out with us now. And 78 on Metacritic 78, for cookies and cream. Sweet. And what about the, uh, is there an IGN score or anything like that? No. It should be right next to it, man, when you Google it. It'll come I'll just like... go to the wiki. It's got everything on there. All right. Well, we, we don't need to worry about it. Um, but yeah, that, that was my one pickup this week, dude. Um, so I think we should play that next week for Inflation Deflation, but we'll see how things go with the rest of this episode tonight. Uh, what did you have? I I know what you had, but the listeners don't know what you had. What, what did you pick up? Yeah, so this week I picked up a thing, not a game. You'll notice I said things recently picked up, not games recently picked up. So I've been thinking for a while that I need to get into to something to satisfy my art degree that I got last year. And it's just not, I'm not getting back into ceramics anytime soon. So I went to Best Buy and I picked up a Wacom uh, pen tablet peripheral for PC. And... I've only checked it out a little bit, but I think it's really going to enhance our D&D game. And uh, it's going to be great for the new campaign I'm starting up. So it's game adjacent. And, uh, you know, I didn't get it for a good deal or anything. But uh, one thing I did look at while I was shopping 
is I tried to see if I could find, um, what is it? Fractured butthole. Yeah, we were talking about that. I took a picture of it. I forgot to show you guys last week, but I took a picture of it. It was $30 for the Switch version at Best Buy when I went to go try to find Smash a few weeks ago. And I looked at it at uh, Target the other day, and it was still full price there. So I don't know if it was just like a post-Christmas deal or what, but I'm going to go look back at Best Buy again and see if Target's just selling it for $20 more than Best Buy is. Well, Best Buy does uh, like a weekly sale. So every Sunday, for those that may not know it, uh, you can pretty much go on Best Buy's website and in the deals tab, it'll say like categories, just like video games. And you can see there's usually about six pages worth. So about, I'd say 60 games around that area uh, that they typically drop down in price. And it's, you know, you can get like the newest Assassin's Creed, I think was on there the other day for like 29 bucks. Um, yeah. How come I, you've never told me about this before? Because you've never asked. Oh my God. I'm just kidding, man. See, he's only out to save himself money. It, well, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so you admit it. Uh, no, I'm going to delete that part of the recording, in fact, so it's not even going to be on there anymore. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, Best Buy every week, they always have some sort of discount. Amazon, usually, you can find some discounted games occasionally, but Best Buy uh, really does have just a dedicated page where you can go on and get discounted rates on games. And then, generally, like Target, I believe, will price match to Best Buy, if I'm correct. So you can just go to Best Buy and be like, yeah, let me go ahead and pull this game off target shelf and, and buy it here if you have like red card or some sort of coupon already um but well you know what i'm gonna say uh best buy and uh their weekly deals not a sponsor could be a sponsor could be a sponsor hit us up best um, buy. well our sponsor for as james with his um his current best buy gamers reward club that is expiring this july so get out there and use them folks they don't know his number don't give it away he'll be no angry. no no not not james's number your own if you're if you're listening to this and you still have it and you're not using it, shame on you. You should be doing that already. And actually, you know, you should go out and find everyone you know with a Best Buy Games Rewards Club membership and tell them to go listen to our podcast because and that's a good thing to when do. When they actually it's, listen it's, in. It's as good as saving money on games. Well, here's the best part, too, is if they start listening in, once James is... Um, reward card expires in july uh, they can give us their numbers and then we can still have savings and talk about the savings through best buy so it'd be great um but overall yeah go ahead and check it out on there another thing to consider dude it's nintendo nintendo games are just stupid expensive regardless of what title it is you could pick up a madden game like a year later and it's still gonna be double the price of what it's gonna be on another console that's just a reality of their games and how it's always been since probably the gamecube if i'm you know, or even before no, that, really. The shovelware on uh, Wii. Yeah, we, we don't talk about shovelware. We, we don't talk about, don't talk about it. Um, but as far as games I picked up this week, mm -hmm. like I said, I picked my Switch up a lot. And uh, this week I've been playing more Cave Blazers. You know, I I think last time I talked about it, I hadn't really played much. And I said it was it felt fast and it felt okay. Now that I've started unlocking more stuff and I'm getting more competent at it and I'm getting into those really good, satisfying game loops of, okay, let's do a run. Okay, this isn't going well. Let's do another run and trying to just play for the run. And that's really what most of these type of games are. I mean, it's these roguelites that you go in and they've got enough interesting randomness and enough interesting perks and stuff like these games have always been popular and i feel like i hear more and more about them and i play more and more of them like i was just playing uh gungeon before this and it's got a lot of that same satisfaction and i i think that it's a genre that i'm going to continue to explore because i haven't really played a whole lot of these up until now but i've had so much fun with both of these and as always, I will keep preaching about good Steam games on Switch that you can pick up for less than the price of a full game and you can get a ton of enjoyment out of. I'm going to keep talking about that. And then I also tried out um, Warframe. Did I talk about Warframe last week? 
Uh, I want to say you did, man. Yeah, so I tried Warframe again, and it's just not... It's not holding me. It's not that interesting for me. But um, I'm really itching for some kind of shooter. So I'm thinking that it's about time I go back to Red Dead and try to finish up the rest of the game in first-person mode. Because I tried first-person mode for a little bit, and I enjoyed it on everything except for the horse. So I think I think that's going to be my new... What did you just call me? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try, after I get back from my vacation this weekend to get back on Red Dead so that I can move into the zone of the Enders. So I have a game plan for the games I'm going to play, and uh, I I think it's a good roadmap for me to follow. Dude, I was actually, uh, while you were talking about your $1 pickups and whatnot, um, like K-Blazers, although I don't know if that was a dollar or not. If you're like John and you zoned out while I was talking, you can always come back and listen to this again and give give us a like and a comment. Well, I was in and out listening on that one because I was trying to find, um, you know, with you talking about cheap games, I recently, uh, James and I decided to go ahead and play one of those like free games that we got on the PlayStation Plus. I don't remember which one it was. I'll have to show you. A lot of those are actually pretty fun. I played a ton of those on my Vita. Well, the one that we played was absolute trash. It was some sort of like RPG, uh, side-scrolling RPG game where you have like three different types of characters, a knight some lizard guy and then some other character I don't remember and you can pick up items and go through like these different like dungeon crawling situations so it's another roguelike uh, I, I'm not sure man it's just trash <laughs> that's honestly what it is so uh, to give kind of some background I gotta find a name on it I wish that's what I was looking for um, but basically the controls are super clunky um, the coloration's off it's super flipping slow the battles just are endless and when you finally like start feeling like you're in a good groove everything just kills you at once it's absolute garbage and uh if i could find the name of it then we can mention it otherwise it's a free playstation plus game if you have playstation plus you've probably seen this like super terrible game in the past while you're downloading your stuff and looking at those really bad trailers that come up so uh yeah that that's all i got right now on that dude um Let's see. So as far as are you good with everything you've been playing? Yeah, anything I mean, else? That's, or? that's what I've been playing and what I'm going to play. So I, of course, am still playing Final Fantasy 15. I am on chapter 14, as a matter of fact. Have you done all 200 whatever of the side quests? I've done like 95 or 100. Um, I'm actually still doing them. Like I can totally go into the final battle. Tasting take. Are these taking a long time? They're quite all tasty. These side quests? Like, are they like long side quests that are like in depth and have like substance? Or are you just really going around collected tons of frogs? So now? I will have you know they are in fact tasty. I had a side quest where I had to make the perfect cup of noodle, and Ooh. I had to kill a giant uh, shrimp Ooh. and basically use its body to be able to make tasty cup of noodle. Are you still fishing this late into the game? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, one of the side quests I want to complete, I have to have like a level seven fishing. Um, and right now I'm at like six and a half or six and three quarters. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, dude. Like even the fishing component of it, I'm like, you yeah. You should let me... look into getting that uh, game I showed you a while ago, the actual FF15 fishing yeah. game that has like the rod peripheral. It's on VR, right? Yeah. Yeah, I need to look into that. Um, but no, the side quests are really cool. They're not like super in-depth. Um, it's just mainly like busy Wait, work. is that a VR game? I want to say it is VR. I'm going to look it up. All right, you go ahead and look it up while I keep talking. Uh, so yeah, basically Final Fantasy 15, the side quests, as I've said in the past, extremely enjoyable. Um, I'm enjoying pretty much every single one of them. Even the Cup of Noodle was honestly pretty cool because like you go into this battle with this giant shrimp, basically, that's sitting... It's kind of like a crawfish, really. And so it's sitting on top of this, um, like, rocky beach. Yeah, and it has PSVR. Like this PSVR, I figured. And so you've got, like, this epic battle music that goes down. You're basically, like, fighting this giant, you know, crawfish uh, to try and make the perfect cup of noodles. Like, the dumbest uh, storyline ever uh, in a game. But, you know, for a side quest, it was pretty fun. And uh, I think right now... I'm gonna I'm gonna let you keep coughing. So right now I'm pretty much just completing side quests. I think I've defeated all of the um, the monster hunts in the game. I need to go through every um, out 
outpost and actually see what I've finished and what I haven't. Um, but I'm pretty sure I've completed them all. I did beat the giant turtle. I forget what it's called, but uh, it's the one in the demo, or it's actually similar to the one in the demo. And um, I beat a couple other legendary um, bosses that they have in there that are level 99. So it's pretty interesting, dude. You know what else I'd really like to play? Hmm. Uh, Borderlands 2 VR. I think that that would be a ton of fun. That's something that's like a shooter that I would love to play right now. So here's an interesting thing. I didn't realize it, but you can put Final Fantasy 15 in first person mode. So can you imagine playing that in VR? Like, Wait, like the whole time? Yeah, you can play in first person mode. Like during combat? I need to check that out. But yeah, I was sitting there with James and he just randomly, um, you know, seeing as he's staying with me for a few weeks until he gets settled in. Um, yeah, he like grabbed my controller and threw it in first person mode, which is pretty cool. I didn't even know that it was a, a thing for the game. Um, but yeah, so after Final Fantasy 15, the other stuff we're playing, we're playing Super Mario World um, again for like the 15th time on the uh, SNES Classic. So we finally busted that thing open. It's actually pretty nice. Um, there are a few, situ- or there's been a few situations where it's like lagged within the actual game. I don't know if that's the actual console itself and the ROMs that are on there. Or if it's because it's being played through a 4K TV, I can't tell. Um, but yeah, it's really odd. Um, it's just like there was one area where it just like lagged as you were jumping up and down on different areas. I'm not sure. I mean, that's really just all that was occurring with it. But yeah, so right now we're playing Super Mario World and I think we're on... We're in the Forbidden Forest right now. So It's been a long time since I played through that. The... Uh... The last Mario game I played, like, I can't even remember the last new one I played. Odyssey? No, I never played that one. What? No, but I did check out a bunch of the old school games that you get with the uh, uh, the Nintendo Online. And those are pretty fun. And I saw an article about them possibly having, you know, the Super Nintendo games on there too. And it made me really excited because it's like... I don't have to download these old games. Like I like that I can just get them for the $20 free and play them a little bit because I wouldn't really pay, you know, three, five dollars for some of these things that I know I would never use, even though I'm willing to gamble on that for these really cheap Steam games that may or not may not be great. Yeah. And um, what was the other game I was going to tell you about, dude? Oh, Crash Bandicoot. I think you beat that too, didn't you? Yeah, I just beat... Uh, I think that was when we first started our podcasting. I was playing through Crash, and I kept talking about how I still hadn't beaten it, still hadn't beaten it. I haven't gone back to Crash 2 yet, and I haven't even barely touched... We got uh, Spyro. I've barely touched that. Yeah, so we... Uh, James and I started playing Crash Bandicoot randomly, and... I, Dude, I have no idea how I beat that game as a kid. All three oh, of them. It's super hard. I, I never beat it as a kid. Oh, I, I got I, stuck on those stupid bridge levels. I totally beat them, and I went through and collected gems, and like I've tried never to, done that. Yeah, I tried to one hundred percent the games as a kid, and I did really well, obviously playing them. I probably honestly have my uh, my old save date on one of the memory cards sitting in the house here. Could probably pull it up and see like actually where I got to in those titles. But yeah, we started playing the game, and I think we just beat. Um, pinstripe. So he's you know the yeah the mouse the around gun. the machine gun. Oh, I think it? they're all like marsupials though. Um, no, I think one of them's a lizard. I think the first one you beat is a lizard. No, you. Uh, well, actually, I guess that also makes it wrong. But no, the first one you beat is Papu Papu, the one that's bouncing from the different stones as you have TNT boxes floating down. No, no, that's Ripperoo. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're right. So yeah, you're right. I didn't realize that. Papu Papu's like the big, like, chieftain guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. And then we... <laughs> so, uh... And then there's Koala Kong. Yeah, Koala Kong. So I was about to mention him. <laughs> While we were playing, uh, my wife is sitting there. She's like, yeah, somebody missed leg day. So, I mean, he's just like this yeah. giant buff koala. He's got these tiny little legs. Yeah. He's like struggling to lift up these rocks. That was pretty awesome. That took us a lot longer uh, than the other bosses actually to complete. Uh, but then well, we, you just got to learn the pattern. Yeah, totally. Uh, we beat Pinstripe last night. We got through like the bridge levels where you had the rope and there's like a 
a super cheap way to do it where you jump on the rope. Yeah, that's exactly what I had to do. I did the first one myself, but as soon as I got to the second one, there was just no way. It was just like, it didn't even matter that I was starting with two masks. Like, you just fall because it's like, there's something off about my depth perception with that game. And I just, I played it a little bit as a kid. That's where I stopped. So I just don't have the gaming skills to get past that. So I roped it. Yeah, I mean, I roped it too. Uh, could I have beat it if I kept playing? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely mean, could have gotten there, but it was just so much easier to cheap out and do the ropes. And I did my time trying to do it. Yeah. I cheaped out when it got to, um, within that level, there was like three turtles that were somehow magically floating in the air. And you had to bounce from turtle to turtle to turtle to turtle. And... Um, or that's, that's four turtles, technically. So, yeah, you had to pretty much go on this bridge that had one piece of broken wood, and the turtles, once the bridge falls apart, just, like, float in there in midair, and you're like, how is this even possible? Um, but, yeah, that's right. Cheap down and just roped it. So, uh, but, dude, overall, having a blast of Crash Bandicoot on the PS4. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty it nice. it looks gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. So that's really going to be pumped up for uh, CTR. Dude, I that's love, gonna be incredible too. i love ctr like i didn't get mario kart on switch i'm definitely gonna pick up ctr on if switch. they put ctr online to be able to do online races i'm totally gonna be playing ctr online a lot i had so much fun with that one as a kid yeah so we'll we'll see when it comes out what happens if it's gonna be online compatible and you know if they're gonna add in additional levels and all that cool stuff so um, well, you you grew up with siblings, right? Yeah, I did. And you played like CTR and Mario Kart and stuff. See, yeah. I had very few multiplayer games being an only child. So it's like CTR my friends had. So it's like I could go over there and play it or I could go over to somebody's house who had Mario Kart and play it. But it's like those games I never had much of myself. But CTR was one of those games that, like, I rented from Blockbuster because it was, like, so much fun to just play. Yeah, my brother and I, we always played games like that, like CTR, Speed Punks on the PS1, which I, I really need to purchase that game so you and I can play it. I think you'll absolutely love Speed Punks. Um, hopefully it doesn't go up, up in price since we've just talked about it. Uh, but, yeah, so Speed Punks, CTR, uh, he and I would play, like, random sports games, even though he absolutely hated sports just because it was two players mario kart mortal Kombat, killer instinct i mean any multiplayer that was out in the 90s early 2000s while i was living at home we always played together like that's just what we did we had like so like we would also have like our own consoles so we would purchase you know i would purchase a ps2 and later on he would end up purchasing a ps2 and we would have like our rpgs and stuff that we played on our own because we're big rpg fans but the bulk of our gaming together was always multiplayer. We hardly ever took turns playing single player games. Um, but yeah, so as far as talking about like CTR and uh, games we're looking forward to, guess what comes out tomorrow? In Japan. Mm, no, tomorrow's the 25th. Fifth. Comes out in the US the 29th. Trust me, I talked to Bree sure? about this. Yeah, I talked to Bree about this yesterday. I was like, are you so excited? I, I talked previously about how we were going to try to get the console version and all the nightmare that happened with that. So yeah. yesterday I looked it up and I was like, are you excited? She's like, yeah, because we were going to uh, actually last night we went out and supported another podcast who is doing a live tour. Don't so say we, where. Uh, no, Nobody can know where we live, dude. You can't you just can't start spouting that out. They're going to know our secrets and where we can go for video games. Okay, you well, we went us. and saw a, a live performance by, and this is why we drink, which is a fun podcast. My wife loves it, and I was happy to go with her. I've listened to a few of them, and it was fun. It was a ton of fun. Like, I love going to live comedy, and I love going to live podcasts. This is the second one we've been to. We went to a Lore live recording um, last year, and it was a ton of fun. And now that I do podcasts... Because I wasn't doing podcasting at the time. Now you understand. Now I understand. Yeah. And you know what? It was a lot of more fun going and supporting other creators. And I really enjoyed it. Are you actually calling us creators? Well, we're creating. We're 20 in, man. True. True. Okay, so we're technically creators. We'll but um, Maybe we can hashtag PewDiePie on this episode and somehow get some traction. Yeah, and just one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, one of the main reasons I haven't been playing any games lately is I am a 
esports fan, I like watching Dota 2. I played League a bunch, and I had a ton of fun playing League with my friends. I played maybe two matches of Dota ever because it was just way more intense than League was, and I didn't understand what was going on or how to do anything. But I started a few years ago watching Dota 2 on Twitch. Uh, I tuned in for the TI, which is basically like the Super Bowl of Dota 2. And I just had a good time. I had a good time watching it. I love game design. I watch a bunch of videos online for games that I don't even play. Like I watch a bunch of Hearthstone content by Kriparian. But uh, right now, the and I'm going to butcher this. The Chongqing Major in China is going on. That's racist. And uh, anybody that like likes Dota out there, comment. Because I've been watching it just as a viewer without actually ever playing it. And I love it. I don't have anybody else that I could talk to about it. So if you're into it, l- let me know. Because I'd love to like meet other people that enjoy watching Dota. Yeah, I remember you um, had it up a while back when I came over to your house when we first started talking about the podcast and kind of brainstorming what we wanted to do. And, I mean, it looked pretty cool. It's not really my my cup of tea to watch esports, but... Well, and I was talking to a friend of mine about it the other day. The reason that watching esports seems tough, like, from an outsider perspective, like, I've never played Dota 2, but I've had a ton of exposure to the genre through playing lots of League So it's like I have some idea of what's going on outside of people who have zero exposure to any of those kind of MOBA genres, but actually watching the sport from the outside and learning the ins and outs of it without ever having played it, it's like I watch basketball and I have no idea what's going on because I don't like playing basketball. Like... I've enjoyed playing football, so I understand a lot more about it. But like hockey and and stuff like that, like I know more about tennis than hockey because I my played heart some hurt, tennis. You know more about tennis and hockey. I played some tennis as a oh, kid, but dude. it's like it's one of those things where if you have any kind of insight into the thing, you're gonna be more into it. And I just like the way Dota Two plays, watching better than watching League, and. After, you know, almost four years of watching it, I'm really starting to kind of get into it. I tried explaining it to a friend of mine the other day, and it was just like pointing out things. And I was like, man, dude, I know way more about this having never played this game. Just kind of surprising. You haven't even like tried to actually sit back and play it. Well, I just I don't have a desktop anymore. All I have is a laptop now. And I'm honestly, I'm just not interested in PC gaming. I've never been a PC gamer. PC Master Race is not me. I was going to say, James just picked up two computers. You can ask him. I just, I I mean, I have a tower. I don't have a monitor. I have a keyboard and a mouse. I lost my... I'll give you a monitor. My monitor broke in my second to last move. You know the little TV we're using in here? No. You can I, totally use it. Come on now. I used to use this TV that I gave you as my monitor. I just... I have a small desk at home now, and I like my laptop. I just got my Wacom so that I can start drawing on my laptop. You have the whole, like, hipster setup where you have the laptop sitting there on the clean slate and you just kind of flip it up. Is is that what it is? I mean, I use it mostly for D&D, but I'm trying to get outside of that. But yes, that is the type of desk that I have. I knew it. Well, I'm just... That's the thing. It's like I had a big tower, and I used to play League, and I don't have a good graphics card like... Most of my computer I bought in 2009 when I moved out of my parents' house for the first time. I kind of envy that setup. I wish my setup was a lot cleaner than what it is now. I mean, it's... Yeah, I've got a hell of a setup here, don't I? Well, I mean, you should see my office. I just de-spaghettified my whole office at work. De-what? You know when you've got all your cords hanging down like spaghetti? Oh, I gotcha. Oh, so so you actually took like tubes or whatever and... No, like in my... So I actually have a job and... Well, I do too. At my my job, (laughs) I I run a company, a small company, and I had to go through and clean up all the stuff because I'm remodeling it right now. And it's like I bought a bunch of stuff on Amazon, like zip ties with labels and, you know, Velcro wraps and... 
uh, 3M sticky mounts and stuff. And I got it all cleaned up and looking super nice. And it's like, now I just need to take all that effort and move it back home. And then maybe one day I'll have a really cool looking room like you do. But right now it's got stuff everywhere because I'm just not organized with my game stuff like you are. Uh, Dude, you're sitting next to a pile of 40 games. (laughs) <laughs> that's not organized well, at all. Yeah, but I mean, forty out of what, like a couple thousand? Like that's not really roughly sixteen hundred. But yes, okay, almost a couple thousand. Okay. Um, speaking of rooms, though, I mean, obviously the reason I haven't had any crazy pickups and haven't been like super in depth with the uh, number of games that I'm playing right now, um, and really taking time to play more is because I'm obviously moving soon to a nice new house. So had a lot of time consumed from that, but. Hopefully that changes pretty soon and uh, I can get into some of that Sukaden 2 uh, part of our, you know, New Year's or New Games resolution. New Games resolution. Yeah, yeah New Games resolution. Hey, I still want you, even though I already talked about the stuff that I'm going to play, shut up. Um, once you start playing Sukaden 2, let me know because I want to check it out on my Vita again. Just to just do like maybe the first chapter with you so I can, because that's always been a game I regretted not playing more of you heard it here first folks he wants to try and play a game with me side by side at the same time where have i heard this before yeah but this where time, have i heard this yeah before? but this time i'm saying i only want to get to mount moon i uh. want to do like maybe the first chapter i just want to see the game because i have really fond memories of it well yeah you have fond memories of the first like five levels right or first five portions of the game no no i played that game like i was at least like 15 hours into that game <laughs> is that about how how far you were in pokemon no that's how much i didn't play pokemon within the first like 16 hours of owning it i'm gonna hold you to that until you beat that game oh I, it'll never happen you get to hold that against me until you're holding it against my coffin oh man <laughs> oh man you just wait for that eulogy right you're gonna wish you could hear it oh, you're going first <laughs> yeah probably so uh all right let's get me all will be the one responsible for that yeah as long as here's the thing and everybody listening this is my wish to help increase the price of games i want all my games melted to create my coffin well anyways <laughs> let's, so let's get back today, in our news in japan kingdom hearts 3 came out I thought I said tomorrow, and then you're like, no, that's in Japan only. Well, it's already there right now. It's the 25th there. All right, all right. You got me there. Land of the Rising Sun. All right, you got me. You got me. Okay, so anyways, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 just came out, and like I said, my wife's super stoked about it. Um, so we we saw some interesting stuff with the release of Kingdom Hearts 3. As you may or may not know, depending how up on Kingdom Hearts 3 news you are, a bunch of stuff got leaked out ahead of time. There's actually somebody that had a stolen copy of the game. I don't know if you saw this. There's a stolen copy that's been floating around, and somebody was trying to upload the videos apparently to YouTube, and YouTube kept taking them down, so they started uploading them to Pornhub instead. Oh, Did I've heard that? about that happening in the past. Yeah, that was hilarious. I saw that recently. But uh, a few interesting things. Uh, Tetsuo Nomura, creator of Square Enix's long-running Kingdom Hearts series, has said that he's reconsidering simultaneous worldwide release for future products following the Kingdom Hearts 3 leaks that occurred last year. So after those leaks came out, I mean, it's been a long time for game development and it's so close that games come out now from one release to the other and worldwide releases are much more common because you can launch it digitally. You don't have to actually worry as much. So it's interesting that, you know, even though it was compromised by that shipping process that he's thinking about going back to it because The last I'd heard about this, it sounded like it might be a huge blow to worldwide releases because people are thinking, hey, why should we risk everything getting out and spoiling everything by sending it through all these distribution channels? Like, let's just focus on a Japan first release and then we'll do a subsequent release afterwards. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, Honestly... 
as far as Kingdom Hearts 3 is concerned, not a single thing has been spoiled for me over the last few years. I've been looking forward to things like, you know, Toy Story World and Big Hero 6 uh, within that game. But I've had nothing story-wise, at least in even the last week, spoiled uh, because I just don't read a whole lot of news if to just avoid that type of situation. Well, spoiler alert for everybody. No spoiler alert. Because in this same article, and this is uh, Matt Wales reporting for Eurogamer on this, and it just came out uh, today, January 24th, same article that I mentioned earlier. Um, So the ending unlock, like the epilogue secret movie that you get for beating the game doesn't even come out with the game. It's not even being released until January 30th as a download. And we were talking about this earlier, but I find that really interesting because earlier this year or last year, actually, welcome to 2019, they had the same kind of thing sort of ish go down with Red Dead 2's launch. They launched the game and then they waited to launch the online service. Uh, a, they wanted to do some, you know, testing of the servers and see how those would hold up. But B, I mean, it's like they made this huge game. Like, why release, you know, the online thing that everybody wants to do and have some people just skip out on the game and have it ruined for them? I think this is a smart idea. I mean, it makes more sense for Japan first release because you're probably going to have a hard time starting this on the 29th and then beating it by the time that it come the video comes out on the 30th so i'll play some devil's advocate for you on here um or for you on this i completely disagree with this method of releasing a video like the final video no secret on, ending on video th- or secret en- even secret ending video i completely disagree of releasing it you know five days or you know all, you know after the fact you know because here's the thing if i'm going to binge play that game and beat it in say two three days and i don't have access at secret ending video right away that just kind of sucks and honestly i would treat it as a gamer in the same sense as i've treated games in the past that have major endings that i don't want ruined or tv series finales or season finales or you know pilot episodes and all that good stuff i just don't watch videos and i don't go on social media and i just don't do certain things that I know I'm going to really just risk having something ruined for me. Like that, it's just, there's a simple way to avoid it, dude. If you're playing the game, just don't go on social media. Well, I mean, we're always on this about Brad for not getting spoiled for MCU stuff. Oh, he's different, man. He like straight up covers his ears and like just goes la 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 while yeah. trailers are well, happening in a theater. Brad's a, Brad's a child. If you're listening, Brad, we love you. <laughs> but um, We're not getting tattoos on well, his arm now. The thing now. is, though, I mean... And this is an interesting point to make. So because of the Japan only first release on the 25th, they have to wait till the 30th. But here it comes out on the 29th. So technically that'll be at least part of the day, the 30th in Japan. So, I mean, the article doesn't specify exactly what time and what time zone exactly the video releases but for us here the video game comes out on the 29th so you have 24 hours to beat the entire game let me rephrase event if i'm a japanese gamer i'm extremely pissed at this situation and well and you know if you know what well and here's if it, you're dude. listening to us right now in japan game deflators episode 20 and you comment and we can verify somehow that you are listening to us from Japan. You will, we'll do something for you. We'll do, we will definitely do something amazing for you if that is actually happening. Have you know, I will be astounded. Ryan has a master set of hands. I'm, oh, so back on Kingdom Hearts, dude. Uh, no, I haven't fought Master Hand in, in uh, Switch yet. I, uh, I actually haven't done the arcade mode. <laughs> uh yeah so going back on that though so 
if it's released on 25th we don't in go Japan, back on our promises here on the game deflators oh yeah he doesn't so uh he's lost quite a few bets so basically january 25th they get it you know the actual game secret videos you know unlocked on the 30th i'm still pissed off as a japanese gamer because how many americans or um people from europe or Canada, or whatever it may be, or Mexico, anybody else getting this game, how many of them are sitting back watching Japanese YouTube videos getting spoiled for them? Like, you have to actively be seeking that content to have it spoiled for you. So if it's a matter of, like, not getting spoiled, that's just BS for those gamers. Well, I know, but, I mean, there is also... It does go two ways. Uh, I listened to another podcast I've talked about before, uh, Dad and Sons, and one of the people on that podcast lives in Japan. Uh, They're not getting Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I think he said until like March, like there's a huge delay that we have between us releases and foreign releases of movies. And somehow Japan seems to lag way behind on those. So, I mean, there's definitely, it's a two way street. So like I said, if you're listening from Japan, I hope that we haven't ever spoiled anything for you. Maybe I'll try to be more conscientious of that moving forward. Rumor is it that the uh, Spider-Man movie, the reason that it has been released yet, is there is a, a secret ending that needs to be unlocked for via Doc Ock hentai scene. And uh, that's, you know, specific to Japan. I'm, I'm nodding my head for you, audience. <laughs> You mean nodding shaking? Nodding my head for you. So you're nodding in agreement. That's what it is. Uh, no, shaking. Sorry. Yeah, Wrong. okay. No, you heard it first. He was nodding. He he totally agrees with me. So if Doc you're into... hentai. If you're into mild spoilers, uh, IGN already has out a review. And, I mean, I've only skimmed through it because, like I said, wife's getting it next week. I'll probably see her playing it. She took the day off for it. <laughs> So we're actually going to hang out and do that. And I'll steal it from you guys when you're done. But, I mean, it's a pretty long, in-depth review. I haven't watched any of the videos in it or read it thoroughly because it is something I want to try to avoid because maybe I'll play it even though I haven't played all of the other stuff because that's ridiculous. So before we move into the review, that's something I actually wanted to ask was if you've played any of the other games like okay so i played kingdom hearts one up to little mermaid because screw that i played (laughs) kingdom hearts two almost all the way to the end and then i stopped just like i do with every video game and i played a little bit of dream drop distance because i bought it for my wife and had not that much interest in playing it but she wanted to play ff7 on the Vita while we were on vacation and it was like one of the only games I I brought the DS for her I brought Dream Drop Distance and Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm and I got both of those games for her and at some point she wanted to play FF7 on the Vita so I was stuck with mostly those two games and Dream Drop Distance was fun but I couldn't tell you literally anything about it so my wife has actually played every single version of that game, except I, I don't remember she played Birth by Spoiler Sleep. Spoiler alert, we have the same wife. And husband. Well, what? So uh, I played Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, and then I played the GBA version, uh, Chain of Memories. That was actually a lot of fun when I played it back then. Uh, mainly because there was no I've other... I heard that the remake was really good. Yeah, the remake wasn't bad. I didn't... I played some of it up to like Peter Pan and my girlfriend at the time was super into Kingdom Hearts and she was actually playing it. And I played a little bit of it on the PS2 version, but what killed me is that they didn't add any sort of audio whatsoever. It was just like, just a text on the bottom. Like for a PS2 game, like I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and then you release like this remastered version on PS2 of a game I already played on GBA and you don't include any audio like within the characters speaking to one another that was kind of ridiculous um but no she pl- uh my wife played it and she beat the uh i guess the ps3 version of all of it and she really enjoyed all the games um i think i need to do that before i actually play the the new one kingdom hearts 3 because there's from what i understand lots of plot lines are going to pull from in the kingdom hearts 3 game like they're going to be pulled from dream drop distance and birth by sleep and it's actually going to pick up 
from, I think, Dream Drop Distance, if I'm correct. So probably a good idea to get into those. Okay, real quick, before we move on to the inflation deflation, because we are starting to go a little late, I just real quick want to ask, do you think that they'll come up with some definitive final edition of Kingdom Hearts that has all of the things all bundled together, kind of like how they do with DVDs, like, you know that once they end episode nine, they're kind of going to come up with the everything ever from every Star Wars version movie bundle pack. Well, they've already done that on the PS3 and PS4. I mean, you've got Kingdom Hearts. But those Hearts. are still multiple things. Like, do you think that they'll come out with like, hey, here's the Kingdom Hearts, all of it version you mean, you mean like one disc one game type of thing no not one disc or are you but talking like, about like a compilation like, like a star like wars how they six came out pack with episode. that cool uh thing for fallout that came in like the bomb case oh i see what you're like saying some kind of collectors like here's all of the kingdom of hearts here's a map of of the Kingdom Hearts jungle part and the Kingdom Hearts fantasy part and the Toontown Kingdom Hearts and it's all the Kingdom Hearts wrapped into one magical kingdom that you can buy with a pass that comes with a ticket to Disneyland. You know, honestly, I think they missed on that. Like, to your point, they probably should have released something like that during the release of this game for players that are that haven't played the games in the past. And they're like, wow, Kingdom Hearts 3, it sounds like well, a really cool title. nobody wants to buy Kingdom Hearts 3 so that they have to play nine games and watch two movies to get up to it. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. If you've never played any Kingdom Hearts games and now you've got to go back to well, Kingdom Hearts 1... Well, that's what the build for. That's why they released you know, uh, 2.8 and 2.5 and 1.5. They released all those over the last few years to build people But to look at Square's history, Square's release, like Kingdom Hearts 1.2 and 1.1 and 2.1. Well, but that's what I'm saying. So it's like, since they put all that out, do you think that they will do a bundle? That's all I want to know. They literally bundled the titles on PS3 and then rebundled it on PS4. So that's why I'm like, they missed in that sense where... If I wasn't picking up the remastered versions, uh, you know, months ago when they first released them on PS4. Years ago. Well, okay, years ago. For some, I guess that might be the PS3 versions. I I don't even know at this point. I don't even think I picked up the PS4 versions. I think I have the PS3 version and only because I found it for like two bucks. I think I have a mismatch of them. Probably. I probably do too. Um, I don't even know what's on my shelf anymore. So basically, if I'm... A new Kingdom Hearts gamer. I've seen it kind of build up. I'm really interested, but I've never played the other games. If I see a definitive edition released, I'm more inclined to go ahead and purchase that definitive edition with everything and like a really cool, you know, kind of like you said, the Fallout bomb. Maybe a Keyblade of some sort. I don't know. So, so if I was me, but not married to my wife and didn't already own these, you would wait. I would not wait right now because I've played at no, least no, but one that's what two I'm saying. in like, Chain of Memories. If you're an individual out there and you've never played any Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. Everybody's talking well, about dude, it. Your choices... like, do you, would you just wait before picking up any of them? Like Now that it's finally going to be done and you know that it's not like every time a Kingdom Hearts game comes out, it's like, okay, well, but when Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out, so now that it's coming out, it's going to finish everything. If you've never played Kingdom Hearts, do you go back and pick up the PS4 version bundles cheap, play through those, and then pick up Kingdom Hearts 3 cheap when it comes out? Or do you wait and see if they come out with a here's everything cool bundle because so many people already own so many versions of this that... Unless you're a super fan, you're probably not going to get that. So, yeah, and a super fan definitely is. And I know quite a few people that would buy it, even though they have, like, every other version. I think we're both married to one. Yeah. Well, now, uh, my my wife isn't, like, a super, super fan. The only reason she played them is when she started dating me, um, because I actually owned them. But as far as waiting, so I'm personally waiting. Uh, There's no reason for me to pick it up right now. I have so many games on my backlog as is. And I kind of want to go back ahead and and play Dream Drop Distance and all those other titles to to really catch up on storyline. But as far as somebody that 
has not been introduced to it or is just now getting used to it, I would say pick up the PS4 version because you're going to get everything at a cheap price point. I think it's like 15 bucks or so um, that you can get it at. So if you can get it for like 10 to 15 bucks, you pick it up, you play through them. By the time you finish, if there's no announcement of a definitive edition with everything included, which would likely be released six months to a year after the fact to try and build up more sales, then at that point I would just pick up Kingdom Hearts 3 if you have never played the games before, because you're obviously not going to just jump into Kingdom Hearts 3. Now, I have heard that they have like video scenes that if you've never played the games, you can kind of go in and refresh yourself, but those are not going to give you like the in-depth storyline and everything else that you really should kind of ingrain yourself with before you actually play Kingdom Hearts 3. So, um, do you have anything else in this game, man? I'm excited about it, but like I said, I'm totally waiting uh, until I beat those ever titles and beat Sukaden as well. I'm I'm just not. I don't know. Kingdom Hearts is cool. I appreciate a lot about it. It's just with my not. I I don't know, man. I just I'm not a gamer enough, or patient enough. Or have enough time invested in it enough to even be remotely tied in with the Kingdom Hearts series. Like, I've touched on it here and there. I enjoyed my time with it. I enjoy watching content about it. I enjoy talking to people who like it, watching it and playing it and all that stuff. But for me, it's just, it's too much. I just, I'm terrible at beating games that I love. I'm terrible at keeping playing things because as soon as I see something new and shiny I'm off to that thing and it's just not I can't Kingdom Hearts well see here's the thing for me man um I'm okay waiting because I've been waiting for a Kingdom Hearts 3 for ever yeah 14 years now at this point so you know it, it really comes down to I've already it, like Final Fantasy 15 like I've had that game sitting on my shelf for well over a year now I actually returned the Final Fantasy 15 I had to get the Royal Edition is that DLC. You know, that's how long I got it's on my shelf. Day one. And I never beat it. Yeah, so I'm about to beat it, but I waited over 10 years for that game. I've waited 15 years for, or 14 or 15 around that time frame for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out. So at this point, if Square were to release this game, I don't know, 12 years ago? Yeah, I would have played it immediately and been super excited, but they're releasing it 15 years after I beat the second game. Like, well, and 12 years ago, I was still in school. Like, I had the time to do that. Yeah, exactly. So now as an adult, you're like, what the hell? Um, so yeah, honestly, I have the patience for it at this point. It's not a game I'm going to play right away. I still want to play God of War on the PS4 playing Crash Bandicoot, Final Fantasy 15, Sukuden 2. There's so many other games out there that I have that I can enjoy. And Kingdom Hearts 3 can honestly, at this point, just take a back burner until I beat Dream Drop Distance and all that. If I can avoid Game of Thrones spoilers and Walking Dead spoilers and everything else, I'm pretty sure I can avoid some Kingdom Hearts 3 spoilers. So, uh, outside of Kingdom Hearts 3, man, uh, sounds like we're, we're good on that. Um, and we'll probably talk more as, you know, things get announced and when we start playing it. But let's get into our inflation deflation. So this week, uh, again, we played the Sega Genesis. A, a pretty easy game, too. I mean, difficult, but easy to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends on the Sega Genesis. Um, you can get into nitty gritty here in a second. But the game itself was, um, as Ryan said, pretty easy to play. Um, it's just pretty much a side-scrolling, I guess you can call it an action-adventure platformer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they would even leave out the action slash adventure well, and just call it a standard platformer. Well, I mean, I say action adventure and all that because you are actually grabbing, you know, those like fruit and whatnot and throwing them at different enemies well, yeah, coming but I mean, to would you. Would you call Mario an action adventure? Are you grabbing fruit and hitting rocks with your head and throwing fruit at enemies and dodging them? You're grabbing Yoshis and fire flowers and feathers and... Yeah, I would say that that's a lot more complex of a game than this, and I wouldn't call that action adventure. Well, you know what? We'll see what price charting considers it here in a minute, if I can find it. Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends, action adventure, January 1st, 1993. So, publisher was Sega, so I'm correct, action adventure. 
Um, the game right now, and usually you do this, dude. Holy crap. It's a complete in box. It's like 1968. That's nuts. Um, and then the loose copy is going for about 886. So let's just go based off loose copy. You don't need a complete in box copy of the game to enjoy it. Um, I'll let you get into more there if you find some more details. Uh, but basically, as I said, it's kind of an action-adventure platformer-style game. You're hitting boulders as they come down a mountain if you rock, at least in the first um, level. Uh, you're scaling up the side of a mountain, dodging birds, dodging a guy, throwing hammers at you. It's really got a lot of elements kind of going for it. The colors were good in the game itself. Um, the music was actually on point. And for what we were doing in that game, the mini games and the actual main story, I actually thought it was um, was pretty decent, but it was surprisingly difficult for that type of a title. Um, I know you played a little bit of it, and I played a lot more and got used to it. Um, but I, dude, while you were playing, I could definitely tell that you were uh, you were struggling a little bit on that first area. Well, I mean, like I said last week, I'm just not really well acquainted with the Genesis. Like, that three-button controller just kind of always throws me off a little bit. So, I'm, what you're saying is I should get you hooked up with the six button? I don't think that's going to help either. I think it will. There's more buttons to press. I guess, dude. I'm just not... I don't know. I'm not a Genesis person. I'm not really a big platformer person. I'm not really sure why it seems so hard for me but for some reason there's just something about it that i just i'm not into and i'm not sure why well you enjoyed alien last week right i enjoyed what alien is but i don't think that it's really my cup of tea i don't know it just it feels weird when i play it because i'm just not used to having any exposure to it. You know what we should do is kind of flash back when we record to some of the uh, previous games we played that have like a multi-console release. So I don't know if Rocky and Bullwinkle's on the Super Nintendo. It's on the Super Nintendo and there is a Game Boy version. Sweet. So we could probably at some point, if I don't own it, which I don't think I do, we could probably play the Super Nintendo version, do a comparison, and do the same with Alien as well. And I think I own Alien on the Super Nintendo. So maybe uh, down the road we can do that for one of our challenges. Like, which one of these two is worth the price? Um, is it the lesser price, you know, Genesis version or the overly priced Super Nintendo version? But uh, back on the game, uh, obviously, like you said, man, it's not your cup of tea. This game itself really wasn't my cup of tea either. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's actually pretty well built and it's a decent game overall. So, I mean, the controls were fine. I didn't think that anything in the game was really my fault. I think it was just one of those regular platformers. And let me kind of go back to something that I've said before. Last time we played one of these kind of things, when we played Porky Pig, I love Rocky and Bullwinkle, man. I played a or watched a ton of Rocky and Bullwinkle as a kid. I love Mr. Peabody and Dudley Do-Right. Those were the mini games that this game comes with. And it's interesting to see such an early example of a game that has mini games. And we didn't play it long enough to really understand, but each of the mini games at the main menu, you have a certain number of chances at them. So it seems like you have to keep playing the Rocky and Bullwinkle game to get attempts at the Mr. Peabody or the Dudley Do-Right game. But as far as recreating the aesthetic, I think it looked pretty good. I mean, for a early video game translation, I mean, it definitely wasn't as good as Porky Pig on the SNES, which is why I would be very interested in, like you said, playing this on the SNES. But I think it was... A good nostalgia trip, but not nearly as good as Porky. I mean, it definitely felt a lot more primitive than Porky did, and it definitely felt a lot less like something that I wanted to spend my time with than that game was. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, I can say that the controls for this game, though, definitely for me felt pretty fluid. I felt very comfortable while playing this game, and the jumps were pretty much right where I expected them to be, throwing uh, fruit headbutting i mean everything for me while playing was pretty simple and right in line with you know what i would expect for that type of game so i felt the controls were good i felt the actual um you know the music 
The actual gameplay wasn't bad at all. It had the right type of difficulty to it to where you could, you wanted to go ahead and beat it. There were some stupid things like you had rocks in, I think it was like level two um, or stalactites. They were uh, stalactites, right? The ones that grow from the ceiling. Is that right? Uh, stalactite holds tight to the ceiling. Stalagmite, you might trip over it. I'd never heard of that, but that's good to know. Uh, so yeah, stalactites falling that you just did not know where they were falling from. So there was little things like that. It was like, all right, come on, seriously, like that's the type of crap we're going to pull in this game. By the way, uh, calcium buildup in caves, not a sponsor. Hashtag could be a sponsor. Dude, I'm going, we can't keep using that. It's going to die. Don't beat it. We we need to actually use this for our hashtag, not a sponsor. Beat it, I may never beat a video game, especially this one, because... You know, John saying the controls were great. It's just not compelling to play. Like, there's nothing about this game that makes me want to play it over any other competent platformer. Exactly. And that's something, too, Even that I've with considered. the nostalgia factor, which probably nobody else has. Like, I really like watching Bull Rocky and Bullwinkle and Dudley Do-Right and Mr. Peabody. And I'm just going to cut to the chase here. I don't think that this is worth the 886 loose or the 1968 complete. I'm going to advise all of our listeners to take themselves and go to Amazon.com and buy the complete season one of Rocky and Bullwinkle on DVD. Yes, folks, you too, for the sweet, sweet price of $11.59 with prime free two-day shipping can get all of the glorious original 24 episodes. Yes, that's part one and part two of every one of the original episodes of the first season of Rocky and Bullwinkle on home DVD sealed and complete. So you're going to go with inflated, obviously. Um, all right. So as I stated in my case, there are a lot of things I like about this game. But as you said... It's not compelling enough for me to want to play this over another title. Like right now, I'd rather itch to play Donkey Kong or Mario for the upteenth time than play more Rocky and Bullwinkle. It was fun, but it's only fun in the sense that if that was the only game I had sitting there as a kid, yes, I would absolutely play it and keep playing it and probably enjoy it later on in life. But there are much better games out there for relatively the same cost. I think you can pick up a copy of Mario All-Stars Loose um, with Super Mario World for like 15, 20 bucks still. And you can pick up the All-Stars Without World uh, for about 12 to 13, if I'm correct. So do yourself a favor and buy one of those games, or as Ryan said, the complete part one and part two of Rocky and Bullwinkle on DVD, which why are we... No, the first season, all 26 episodes. Yes, that's right. Both part one and part two of all original 26 episodes. Do they have a Blu-ray version? Well, let me look. All right, so you keep looking. Um, I'm going to go ahead and save it. If you found this game for 3 to $5, go ahead and pick it up if it's 3 to $5. Bucks. Uh, if you see it for anything above the asking price of $8, I would say walk out of the store and never return unless you find a sweet deal. And I'm going to say that if you can find a better deal than... Seasons one through five of Rocky and Bullwinkle on DVD for less than ninety nine ninety five because that's outrageous. If you could buy season one for eleven dollars, do that. Or without our actual advice here, um, YouTube it because I'm sure it's on YouTube. That's where a lot of those uh, shows go. All right, well, dude, what do we got in store next week for uh, inflation deflation? You want to play Adventures of Cookie and Cream? Yeah, I do. So it sounds like that's our next challenge. Oh, wait. Uh, also, we have a looming shadowy figure in our future. Are you talking about Ghostbusters 2? Yes. Oh. So uh, we do have an upcoming uh, guaranteed interlude by our arch nemesis James that we must complete. Yeah. Well, not so, complete, but subject ourselves to. I think, God, could you imagine completing it? I think next week, how about this? Instead of playing Adventures of Cookies and Cream next week, eh, let's play Adventures of Cookie and Cream anyways. But yeah, let's go ahead and play Ghostbusters 2 and just get it over with next week. He's going to enjoy himself a little bit too much just watching us in agony. Remember, that is a 30-minute challenge, so you got to get to my house early so we can play that 
and play Adventures of Cookie and Cream, and then obviously record. Yeah, we'll take care of it. All right. Yeah, it'll be pretty good. All right. Well, uh, that is it for episode 20. Happy 20th episode. Happy 20th. Happy 20th episode. So on the 21st episode, we need different liquor, um, non-whiskey. So this is the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John. And I'm Ryan. And we are the The Game Game Deflators. Deflators. And we got it again. Yeah, 20, baby.